Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm actually going to watch any of the uh, the Panther game on Sunday. I, I mean, it might be on in the background, and I might look at a play here or there, but not really. Yeah, I'm not really planning on watching much of it. They really haven't given us a lot to watch, any reason to watch. Um, however, I saw this story over at Axios Charlotte. Uh, that uh, if you are going to the game in the rain, um, there's a new option available for you with the facial recognition technology, which I thought would be kind of difficult with all the people wearing the the brown paper bags over their heads. I don't know how they're going to actually be able to scan people's faces like that. But um, are you allowed to wear those bags over your head in the stands, or will they boot you out? Or tell you to take them off. Do you know, I, Bernie? I have seen people wearing them, mm-hmm. I feel, recently, like in other stadiums. So I'm not sure about how they do it here, here. in yeah. Charlotte. I'd have to check. I'd be curious to know if they would remove you. I don't think it's a very good way to watch a game. Mm. Just, you know, because they're ve- they're not they're not form-fitting masks, you know? Yeah, and it's going to be raining. Yeah, It'll that's be soggy. True. You you could do a plastic bag over your head, yeah, I mean, for a little while. I do not recommend. Don't, yeah, it. I wouldn't. Don't. Well, don't tell people. That, dude. <laughs> well, that's the joke, Bernie. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> anyway, this facial recognition technology will become a bigger part of the Carolina Panthers game day experience, and I think we all know it is an experience. All right. To go to a, I haven't been to a Panther game four years, maybe. I think, maybe longer. I mean, well, okay. Well, wait a minute. So, wait. How long have we? How how long have we had losing seasons and been terrible? It's been four years, six years. Yeah, I think six. I think twenty seventeen was our last decent season. I think twenty eighteen was our. We haven't had a winning season system. Right, so it may so it may have been like five years ago because like I don't so when I was working up in Asheville, we were a Carolina Panther affiliate, you know. So uh, every now and again, when like the boss or uh, clients did not want because they they would the station would get a pair of tickets to all the home games as part of it's part of the affiliate program. We would give them away and that sort of stuff. And when they're good. I would never get a chance to go to the games, but when they are terrible, then nobody wants to go. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could, I could go to a game. And then you go and you hang out in the, in the booth, not, not, not the broadcast booth, but the, uh, the suite or they got like all these suites and stuff. Oh yeah. So I think that's the last time I went. So they couldn't have been too good because I got to go and they wouldn't have been awful because I had an interest in seeing them. Do you remember if who was the head coach? Do you remember if it was Ron Rivera or Matt? Yeah, Ron Rivera. Okay, so. yeah, it was pre-Matt Rule error. <laughs> error. Yeah, I like that. 
Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know if it was a David Tepper-owned team at that point. It's been a while. Yeah. So oh, it's that, been, that has been a while. Before. Yeah, wow. it's been a while. So um, I, I have not gone to a Panther game recently. I've heard some stories, though, and they're not very good about the uh, the experience at the Panther Stadium. The team is going to be introducing an express entry ticketing system on Sunday for the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I also saw, I think, that they re-upped the deal with the with the Bank of Earth for um, for the naming rights to continue. So it's uh, this is part of the team's new partnership, though, with Verizon, and it uses 5G technology. The stadium has been testing the use of facial technology to card people for the booze, uh, but that has not been rolled out to the entire stadium, according to... Uh, Caroline Wright, who is the chief venues officer for TSE, named after the Titsi Fly, I believe. TS, that's how they spell that, Titsi Fly. Oh, well, okay, no, that could actually mean Tepper Sports Endeavors, Tepper Sports Errors, Te- Tepper, what, is that? what does the E stand for? Tepper Sports. It can't be entertainment. No, it can't be that. It can't be. Obviously. <laughs> um, anyway, Enterprises, maybe. Enterprise? The team is calling it facial authentication. Facial authentication. And it's going to help people get into the stadium faster. Tepper, oh, here it is. It says Tepper Sports and Entertainment. No, that, that's got to be a typo uh, at Axios. TSE, which owns the Panthers, has been addressing stadium ingress since, uh, that means entry, ingress, right? It's been addressing stadium ingress since David Tepper bought the team in 2018. Then um, they list some of the uh, some of the ways that they've been addressing it, like uh, mobile tickets, then they switched to mobile tickets only, uh, they did a, a widening of the East Gate, that has the most foot traffic. Um, interestingly, one issue not addressed that I thought would be sort of low-hanging fruit, that would be making the games you know, attractive enough for large numbers of people to want to ingress in the first place, right? Otherwise, I mean, because honestly, like right, right around the third quarter, like egress is what occurs there. So if you make the product unwatchable, then it's it's way easier to manage the ingress, don't you think? So... I don't, well, so hang on a second. This makes sense now. It all makes sense now. They did not want to. They're in. They're in the in the business world. They call this the proof of concept phase, right? You're just you're just trying to prove that your concept works. And so the concept here is to implement the uh, the facial authentication programming. Uh, the, the, all the systems they're they're rolling out there. They're testing. The concept. They want to make sure it works. And if the team was good, it would be way more likely that you would overwhelm the these fledgling systems. And so now it makes sense. They've been bad, so this way they can prove the concept and then they can scale. That's another business term, right? So then they can scale it up 
maybe next year, two years, five years, ten years down the road, we'll start winning games. And then when people want to come and see the team, uh, it'll be in a whole different city. I think that's the plan. You do have to opt in, by the way. You have to opt in to have your, your face scanned. It's going to be located at the North Silver Club and South Silver Club entrances. Phase one of the rollout is just for the club season ticket holders. Are there any of those left? But the plan is to open it to all season ticket holders next year. Are there any of those left? C, TSE, will test express entry with the Panthers first before rolling it out to include its Major League Soccer team. That really tells you something, huh? Like when you got more people at the soccer games, so you can't prove the concept at the soccer games or the football. You can't you can't test it there because there are more people going to the soccer games, I'm guessing. No, because then they say they're going to roll it out at, at concerts eventually too. So you got that going for you as well. Facial recognition technology uh, continues to expand. Uh, according to Axios's Ashley Mahoney, Far, uh, there are more than 20 stadiums and 238 airports. And uh, Charlotte Douglas expanding its program, too. Also, heads up, if you are already getting the podcast on Google Podcasts, apparently that Google is folding that into YouTube Music. So we'll have to resubscribe, pick a different platform, or migrate over to YouTube Music as well. Um. More facial comparison technology is being added at Charlotte Douglas International Airport to streamline the security process for people entering the United States. Charlotte Observer's Chase Jordan reporting that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Office of Field Operations, or the USCB, sorry, USCBPOOFO, or as I call it, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I could call it the PUFO, the CPB PUFO. Anyway, the global entry processing tech allows the expedited clearance for pre-approved and low-risk travelers upon arrival in the U.S. Upon arrival in the U.S. for low-risk travelers. Okay, all right, low-risk arrivals. Travelers stand in front of a kiosk for a picture for clearance rather than going through the traditional arrival process. Just keep reminding myself. I'm going to write it down. Low risk arrivals. So it's totally fine. These people are low risk. They're arriving into our country, but they're very low risk. They just want to learn how to fly some planes, not necessarily land them. Um... Eligible travelers can also use the mobile passport control app by submitting a document, photo, and customs declaration on their smartphone or mobile device. Okay, low-risk arrivals. Okay. At Charlotte Douglas, several upgrades for biometric facial comparison technology were brought to the public in recent years. There's also the outbound biometric exit program which started in October to identify passengers before international flights out of Charlotte Douglas. It's been installed at 65. Okay. So wait a minute. So low risk arrivals as well as departing 
passengers. So that's so that's like everybody then, right? That's leaving? Is that right? Everyone that's leaving goes through? But only low-risk arrivals. We're, okay, how are we determining the risk here? Who's, who's doing the risk assessment? Where is that coming from? Is that coming from those foreign countries' governments that are assessing the risk? And then saying, this guy's totally low risk. Or is there some sort of vetting that the American government is doing, American agencies are doing, to determine that they are low risk? Or is it maybe they're just a sign up? They're like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to download the app. And uh, and then I'm gonna enter the information, and then it just kind of goes through like some AI cross-checking system. And if it doesn't pull up any flags, then you're free to go. Then you're low risk. And I mean, is this like the Border Patrol app that they've been using to get everybody across the southern border? Did you see yesterday? It was like eleven thousand people crossed in one day. Eleven thousand people crossed. That's like more people than voted in the Charlotte City Council election. Charlotte's airport started using the facial recognition on passengers coming from foreign countries back in 2021. At the time, Charlotte was the only port of entry in North Carolina with the software. Uh, It's now available at the Charlotte Monroe Executive Airport, as well as Raleigh-Durham International Airport and Wilmington. All right, so note to self, going to be flying in and out of Asheville from now on. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart carolina readiness supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran owned carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out charlotte international airport charlotte douglas international airport is going to see an expansion of facial recognition scans more than 300 million travelers have gone through biometric facial processing and the uh, cbp customs border patrol says it has stopped more than 1800 quote-unquote imposters okay it it has stopped them i don't know if that means like prevented them from boarding or something like permanently or like got led to arrests or identity thieves or something, or it just meant they, they got hassled, right? Like, Oh, hang on. I'm going to stop you. And that counts as a stop. And then in the, and then in a conversation that turns out, Oh, it is actually you. And then you're free to go because they say that the, they then hand it over to a live person. The comparisons take a couple seconds. The match rates, are like 99% accurate. So I'm not really sure. Not really sure. Now they have a, wait a minute, CBP spokesman or spokeman, actually, as Axios calls him, spokeman. Rob Brisley, is that Charlotte, former Charlotte Fire Captain Rob Brisley? Who's this now? Is he now with Customs Border Patrol? He's their spokesman? I did not know that. The officer also showcased an agriculture canine unit known as the Beagle Brigade. 
Officials said that the purpose was to provide protection from dangerous pests, bugs, and prohibited items. Which, I'm all for this. Have you seen this story, or have you seen these spiders that China just sent our way? Well, not just. It's been a while. I'm not sure if they arrived with COVID, pre-COVID, or whatever. Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to tell, because they got these tiny little masks on. But they're huge. They're like the size of your palm. They're yellow and black. They're venomous. But they're like, don't worry. Nobody's died from, like, any of their bites. They got very small fangs. Like, oh, okay, well, that's, that, that, that makes it way less terrifying. They apparently can drift on their webs something like 5 to 10 miles. 5 to 10 miles. And apparently they really dig the Southeast. They've been, I mean, the story that I saw the other day, it was, um, it was focused on the Northeast because that was where the, the report was coming from. And like, that's the epicenter of like all the things that are important in the world or in New York and Boston and DC, right? I'm just kidding. It's not in Boston. It's just New York and DC. Anyway, the, uh, the spiders, though, they're making their way up into the Northeast, and so now it's a problem. But then you got to read, like, all the way down into the story, and you find out these things have been all over the place down in Georgia for years and in South Carolina. And I had no idea I should have been terrified before. So, yeah, totally fine with the beagles. If they can sniff out these spiders, awesome. New photos of U.S. citizens uh, will be deleted within 12 hours, they promise. They totally promise they will not keep your photos longer than 12 hours. Photos of foreign nationals, they're going to keep those. They're going to keep those. They're going to store them with the Department of Homeland Security. And they're going to use them to match for outbound travel, which seems smart, right? Make sure that the guys who came over here to learn how to fly planes but not land them, make sure they leave when their visas expire. Like, that makes sense. Of course, that would have to, yeah, that would have to go kind of hand in glove with a desire to remove people that overstay their visas. Cody Vensky, who is a ACLU senior policy counsel, is in support of the Travel, yeah, Traveler Privacy Protection Act, the TPPA, or as I call it, the TPPA. It's a bill that would prevent the Transportation Security Administration from using facial recognition technology in airports altogether. Vensky said people across the country are concerned about the use of facial recognition technology. One of the reasons is because the technology is discriminatory. That's the reason the ACLU. (laughs) That's the reason. This is like yesterday's story of of that mayor up in Boston who sent out the the invitation to the no whites allowed Christmas party, sorry, holiday party, no whites allowed to the holiday party. And then their outrage ensues. And so they have to backpedal and issue an apology. And the apology is like, Oh, sorry, sorry. We totally didn't mean to send that to you white people. Not that the party's happening, not that they're, they're segregating a city run holiday party, a party, but the fact that they got caught, mistakenly inviting white people. That was their apology. Um, that's like this. This is the, uh, this is the ACLU. Like, we got some questions. We have some concerns. The concern is that it tends to flag 
non-white people more. So that's the concern. It's not a concern about privacy. It's not a concern about the abuse of these images, how they may fall into the wrong hands, or nothing like that. It's it's discriminatory. Quote, it's been demonstrated over and over again that it has a harder time with accuracy with regards for with regards for I think it should I think you should have said with regards to, with regard to actually, with regard, one regard, to people of color, women, and people with disabilities. See now I think you're looking at this all wrong. ACLU. It's targeting white men. Why not just look at it like that? <laughs> right? They want to make sure that the white dudes that come through get facial recognition scans. It does make sense, right? Because what have we heard from the Biden administration, the DOJ under his control, that it's, it's all the, the white Christian nationalist, homegrown domestic to- uh, uh, terrorist types, right? That's, that's, that's the biggest threat in America under the Democrat administration is white men. And so maybe that's what this is. What? Where is my organization to stand up for me to say, hey, I'm being targeted by this facial recognition technology? Because, you know, for everybody else, it's like, oh, yeah, you're free to go. Oh, oh you're free to go. Oh, no, yeah, didn't, didn't see that. Don't, no match there. But, but for a white guy, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to make sure we can identify them. Brisley conveyed that it's not mandatory yet for U.S. citizens <laughs> for U.S. citizens to have their pictures taken and that they may notify Customs and Border Patrol officers and request a manual document check. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to go very well, right? The ACLU guy, he said, yeah, he tried to opt out and then he got peppered with questions about all of his flights. Yeah. Right. It's like when the cop says, do you mind if I search your car? And you're like, no. I, or you would say, yes, I do mind. No, you cannot search my car. I'm like, oh, that, that, I, what are you hiding then? I have not seen any evidence that the use of facial recognition technology at security checkpoints is keeping us safer, he said. Well, uh, ACLU guy, uh, Vensky, you're ignoring the, the entire purpose of all of this. It's theater. It's to make us feel safe. That's the point. The digital surveillance state... It's, it's pitched for convenience and safety, right? That's what, like, I just gave you two examples. At the airport, where they're expanding this technology, they say it's for safety. And at the um, Panther Stadium, uh, they say it's for convenience. But yes, and also safety, because right, they're stopping you at the door to check, make sure that you got legitimate tickets and you know, that you're not carrying any kind of food in there to cut in on their... Uh, their concession sales. So, it, you know, safety too, right? Um, but at what price? Remember a couple of years ago, there was a guy named Joseph James D'Angelo. He visited a Hobby Lobby store near his home in California. And as he was shopping, Sacramento investigators went up to his car door handle. They swabbed it and they took a sample of his DNA. And then a couple months go by and they end up arresting him on suspicion of being the Golden State Killer, serial murderer and rapist who had evaded capture for 40 years. The swab taken from his car door was coupled with DNA that was collected from a tissue that he had discarded from his home. And it was run through a publicly available DNA database. That allowed the cops to construct a family tree of the perp 
And from there, they narrowed down potential suspects to men of a certain age who lived in the area at the time of the crimes. And everybody was celebrating the arrest of D'Angelo, who, beginning in the mid-70s, is believed to have murdered at least 13 people, 50 rapes, and yes, he was finally caught. But the capture came with this kind of unsettling footnote, according to Christian Schneider at National Review, says that you could just access a person's entire life history if their hand brushes up against a door handle? In other words, we're on the grid forever and all the time. DNA identification is a small portion of the way tech is making us perpetually trackable. You got cameras, GPS, tracking devices, the internet, right? That's how the mom caught the Charlotte Mecklenburg school teacher stooping her 18-year-old son. She put a tracker or something or used the tracker on his phone. With the technology that currently exists, we could reduce criminal activity significantly if citizens allowed themselves to be monitored, right? Last month, NTSB, they're recommending every car be fitted with a device that would prohibit the car from exceeding the posted speed limit. No more speeding. That's like restrictor plate, uh, restrictor plate racing in NASCAR. I'm guessing we're going to have more wrecks because everybody's going to get bunched up together, right? In Washington, D.C., auto theft is so rampant that the police threw up their hands and started handing out free Apple tracking devices to hide in their cars so the car could be found when it inevitably gets stolen. Democrats passed an infrastructure bill in 2021 that requires car companies to put in kill switches to disable your car. And they can do it automatically if it detects erratic driving. Um, What else? He goes on to say here that if safety is the cost, or sorry, if safety at any cost is the goal, why not put an ignition lock on every vehicle? You got to blow before you uh, breathalyzer. You got before you get in, right? Why not the uh, safety helmets, right? The big like racing helmets, like NASCAR drivers wear. This goes into the central bank digital currency too, a digital dollar, completely trackable and revocable by bureaucratic fiat. Government could build a giant DNA database so everybody is instantly identifiable and trackable. Jersey has been doing this. New Jersey has been doing this already. One of the many reasons to not like Jersey. But perhaps the biggest battle is found in the rapid development of facial recognition technology. They're able to immediately compare a live image to billions of images online and make a positive ID. It'll be a goldmine for stalkers, right? Oh, you see a potential victim, a young woman, you're like... Find out who that is, and now you know everything about her. Right? You may say a robust facial recognition algorithm is valuable. It's aided police. But this is a huge power to entrust with the government, which is made up of, you know, people who can use it to stalk or harass people. Like, oh, I don't know, political opponents? (laughs) 